All right, hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Ekoi Ivy, and this is the weekly reaction. And today, I got a lot of notes today. Uh, and I'm gonna try and make this as least boring as possible. But a friend and I were talking about the fact that families aren't as big as they used to be. People aren't reproducing at the same rates in terms of how many kids they have per household. And there's many reasons for this, but my argument was that the primary reason for this has gotta be just cost. Everything costs more money. Now, obviously, there's other factors involved. Um, the fact that people don't have time to have lots of kids anymore. Um, you know, in the days, you know, like say like my, my parents, and my grandparents all came from households with eight plus kids in the home, generally. But you also gotta remember that in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and, and earlier, uh, there's a lot of farmers, a lot of farming going on. A lot of people were, uh, they weren't working a nine to five necessarily, they were sticking close to home now. If you look at US metrics, and this is all based on US because that's where I live, um, people are commuting on average like 35 to 45 minutes every single day. I mean, me personally, I commute 45 minutes to come to work. I've been doing it for a long time. Um, these are all factors as to why we're not reproducing at the level that we used to. However, I went ahead and did some research and I got some numbers that I found was pretty interesting. And again, I'm gonna try and make this as least boring as possible. I, I started with 1980, and the reason that I started at 1980 was because in the 80s, this was when we really started seeing uh, both parents go to work. Now, prior to the 80s, it was a lot less common for both parents to be working, unless it was agriculture, like they're both working on the farm or something like that. But in the 80s, we saw this big industrial revolution for women in terms of, hey man, we got a f the mother and father are both going to work and they're both working full time. Or at the very least, women started getting part-time jobs to help supplement the income because things started to cost more money. And as we've progressed through the decades, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s, and then we're, getting, we're pushing here to 2020 here pretty soon, it, kind of started in the 80s where families realized that they need a little bit more money to, to stay above water. So women started getting, or well, one of the parents, primarily women, let's be real, but one of the parents had to get like a part-time job to supplement some income. So that's what that's kind of what started this whole entire trend. If, if both parents are working, it's less time to procreate, so to speak. And when you are together, you're too fucking tired because you've been working all week. So in the 80s, you see women and men, whoever, they're going part-time. And then the 90s creep up. And the 90s was an economic boom for this country. 90s, uh, 1990-2000 was, was, we saw the most growth financially amongst uh, average households. But at this point, it, cost of living got to the point to where it became necessary for both parents to work full-time jobs. And this is where it became a standard staple, where the mother and father both work 40 hours a week or more to take care of the household, take care of the kids, take care of the family. 
2010, uh, obviously this is when the recession hit, the big housing market, um, a lot of people lost their jobs. You see a decrease in, in overall income across the board. However, you, what you don't see a decrease in is the need for both parents to work. And now you go from 2010 to 2016, what you really see is the need for one of the two parents in the household to work a full-time job, a part-time job, and then the partner have another full-time job. It's getting to the point to where you need two and a half jobs to stay above water. Well, that's kind of like capitalism, right? It's a, it's, it's, it's a dis... It's a disabled system where parts of it are great and we're looking at the negative side of capitalism and inflation and, and, and kind of the way things break down. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over some notes. Um, at first, I'm going to talk about population. Okay. In 1980, the U.S. population was 226.5 million people. And in the 1980s, as a country, we reproduced at 15.9 babies per every thousand uh, hu- adults. Okay, a thousand population. So, so obviously, you have to multiply that number to do the math to get how many babies were actually born in the 80s, on average, uh, each year. Each this is an annual deal. So each year was 15.9 babies per thousand people. Now, obviously, there's, these are statistics. These are just numbers. But I think it plays an important role. So in, ni- in the 80s, per year, so 80 to 89, eight point, we lost 8.8 people per 1,000 people. So almost nine people per every 1,000 died in America in the 80s. But we were, we were reproducing at a rate of 15.9. So we were actually gaining 7.1 more people than we were losing per, per every thousand population. I hope that doesn't. I hope that makes sense. So our overall population is ascending. It's it's in, it's increasing. In 1990, so 90 to 99, we actually this was the biggest boom uh, that we see. So we are reproducing at a at a rate of 16.7 babies per thousand people. Are, we were only losing 8.6 people per every thousand. So we actually started losing less people. Less people were dying in the 90s than they were in the 80s. So that was a difference of we were, we were reproducing 8.1 more humans per every thousand of the total population. It's qu- quite, a, quite, a, quite a steep in- increase. From 2000, in the 2000s, so from 2000 to 2009, we slowed down a little bit. Now we were only reproducing at 14.4 people, babies, per every 1,000. And again, less people were dying in the 2000s than the 1990s or the 1980s at 8.5 people per every 1,000 in the population, which means that we were only reproducing 5.9 more babies to death per every 1,000 people. So we're seeing a steep decrease from in the 1990s. We went from 8.1 more people than people died. Then the 2000s, we went to only 5.9 more. In 2010, 
we were reproducing at a, a rate of 13 babies per every thousand people. We were suffering, we were dealing with eight deaths per every thousand in 2010 in, in America. So again, the amount of deaths per year is actually decreasing. So from 2000, from 1980 to 1990 to 2000, 2010, we're actually seeing less people die per every 1,000 people. In 2010, we were only, as in America, we were only reproducing five more babies than people that died per every 1,000. Obviously, these, these are numbers. I'm trying not to make this super boring, but it is interesting. So then we come to 2016 and, and 2016, I realize it's 2018 now, like halfway through, but 2016 was where I could get the most, the most uh, stable numbers. Um, so I only go from 1980 to 2016. So in 2016, we, as a, in America, we were reproducing 12.4 babies per every 1000 people. We were losing 8.4 people for every 1000. So we've actually increased the level of deaths per year in 2016 and making less people. So we're losing more people and making less people in 2016, which means that in the year of 2016, we only we only averaged four more babies per every 1000 people. And that 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 trend is only continued. So we're we're descending in terms of population, which it's not a bad thing, I don't think. I think it's a pretty reasonable thing. I think if as a population, if we can maintain a one-to-one -one ratio where you're losing the, the same amount of people per thousand as you are gaining, I think you're doing okay. Um, I remember, I remember as a, as a teenager hearing this, the fear of overpopulation, right? And I was a teenager between that big growth spurt of the 2000s to 2010, where we really saw a growth. Now it would appear that we are on, on a steep decline in terms of population, in terms of reproduction anyway. Obviously, migration is a whole nother co uh, topic to cover, but in terms of reproduction, we are on a decline. So then the question is why? Why, why are we not, how come we're not having as many kids? And you really have to look at the financials. The money is a big deal. So let me take you back to 1980. In 1980, the, the federal minimum wage, I understand that states can mandate different, uh, different minimum wages. However, I, federal makes sense because that's the same for every state. That's, what, that's at least the minimum that was required federally. So in 1980, the minimum wage was $3.10 per hour. Not, not very much money at all uh, to, for today's standards. In 1980, the average single person annual income was $12,513, which averaged out to $6 per hour. So in 1980, your average adult American was making $6 an hour. Average daycare costs in 1980, $365.30 per month. For considering you're making so little money, that was that was probably uh, pretty expensive then too. So let's go back, 1990. So we're talking 10 years. We're going to jump ahead 10 years from 1980 to 1990. The minimum wage only gained 70 cents. So the minimum wage federally was three dollars and eighty cents per hour. But what you do see. Federal-wise, it's not that much, but in 1990, 10 years after 1980, the average 
single person income was $21,027 or $10.10 per hour. That's an increase from 1980 to 1990. That's an increase of $4.1 per hour. So that's a pretty big, in 10 years, that's pretty good. I mean, if, if um, considering if you, if you look at like a position you work now, say, you, say you're a receptionist and say you're a receptionist for 10 years, if you make $4 above what you started at in 10 years, that's a pretty good rate. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good, that means that you're getting a raise pretty consistently. Probably close to every year if every raise is, is like a 25 to 50 cent increment. So that's good growth. That shows that shows that the economy is doing well. So then you go to the year 2000, 10 years after 1990, the federal minimum wage wage was raised from 380 to 515 per hour. So $5.15 per hour. In the year 2000, the single person average median salary was $32,154 or $15.45 per hour which is in from 1990 to 2000, that's a $5.35 per year growth, right? So that actually turned out to be from, uh, from 1990 to 2000, on average, a single person would end up making $11,127 more annually. That's a huge growth. This, was, this turned out from 1990 to 2000 was the largest growth uh, that you see in this country, and at least from the 80s to now, is the largest growth of, of actual wealth. So if you started working in 1990, by 2000, on average, you were making $11,127 more per year. So you go 10 years from that, from 2000 to 2010, the minimum wage federally is raised to $7.25. This 10 years, so this is uh, six years ago. $7.25 per hour. The single person average annual salary was $41,673 or $20.03. Now I understand that many people made less than that and many people made more than that, but this is the the average medium for the country, what, what the, a single person made per hour, which was $20.03. Which turned out to be from 2000 to 2010, annually, most people made $9,519 more per year. So you're still seeing good growth. It's actually less than the decade 90s to 2000 by a couple thousand bucks, but you're still, you're still seeing an increase. You're seeing uh, a $9,000, almost 10 grand more per year. But that's also because of inflation, that's also because hourly wages go up. So there are, these numbers are all skewed. But nonetheless, you're, you're seeing the growth of, of how things work. So from 2000 to 2010, the average salary went from 1545 in 2000 to 2003 in 2010. That's a difference of $4.58. So we're making $4.58 more per hour in 10 years pretty good growth, but let's not forget that that is significant, almost a dollar less amount of growth per hour than the 90s to the 2000s. So we're really seeing our economic decline starting starting in the 90s, probably, or just after, just after the year 2000, you're really seeing it swap down. <clears throat> 
the interesting factor here is that from 2010 to 2016, it's not even 10 years, this is six years, the federally mandated income is was still $7.25. In 2018, it got raised up to $11 an hour. And it would appear that what I was looking at on the federal pages is that is that they've they've now established a program to where minimum wage is actually going up a dollar every year. So 2018 is eleven dollars, 2019 is twelve dollars, and 2020 the federal minimum wage is thirteen dollars. Um, which the only thing that's going to do is inflate everything else. So we're not actually going to make any more money. Everything's just going to get more expensive, and that that is what's evident right now. If you look at in 2016. From to, from 2010 to 2016, the federal minimum wage did not change. It's seven dollars and twenty five cents. The average single person salary in 2016 was forty eight grand six hundred and forty two or twenty three thirty eight per hour. That is only a three dollar and thirty five cent increase from the last decade previously, where we saw four dollars from the 80s 90s. We saw five almost five and a half dollars from the 90s 2000 and four and a half dollars from 2000 2010. But from six years six, 2010 to to 2016, we only saw a $3.35 increase per hour per employee. Well, yeah, it's definitely still still more money than you're making in the decade previously. However, you could see that it's on a steep decline. Because from 2010 to 2016, on average, Homes, a single person made $6,969 more than they made the previous decade. But when you look at the 90s to 2000s, you made it 11 grand and almost 10,000 bucks. So we're actually making less money on a growth chart. We're, we're increasing our, our wealth at a slower rate. That makes more sense. But our cost of living is not is getting more and more. So what's happening is is we're not making more money at the same rate that that everything costs more money, and that's really what you see in this recession, is that our rate of 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 income growth is much slower than the rate of cost of goods and materials. For example, in 1980, an average house, like your normal, what, what people were normally paying for a house was 68,000 bucks, 68,714 to be specific. So you can get a standard three bedroom home, whatever was standard at the time, for 68 grand. A brand new car, on average, uh, not, we're not talking like high-end luxury cars, we're talking your average car that Americans are gonna drive, that car costs $7,000. Now it's the 80s, so you know that car was dog shit, but seven grand. A loaf of bread was about 50 cents a loaf, and you're paying about 99 cents per pound for uh, beef. Gas in, 19, in the 80s was somewhere around 90 cents per gallon. Now you jump forward to the 1990s, so we're talking 10 years from 1980 to 1990. The cost of a home went from 68,000 to 123,000. That's a difference of 54,000 in equity, so to speak, in your home. So that same home that cost 68 grand in 1980 cost 123 grand in 1990. It's $54,000 difference. So that's good if you were a homeowner, right? But here's the, here's the crazy thing. From 1980 to 1990, the average new car was $17,000. That's a $10,000 increase. 
Bread didn't raise that much. Loaf of bread was 70 cents per loaf 10 years later. And beef was actually cheaper by 10 cents. It was 90, 89 cents per pound. Gas cost $1.34 in the 90s, 1990. These are, I got actual 1990, but in the 90s, it was somewhere around there. So you go from 1990 to the year 2000, 10 years later, that same house that cost 123,000 is now 169,000. It's an increase of $46,000. So you see the increase actually slowing down a little bit from the 80s to 90s to 90s to 2000s. However, your average cost of your car is now $24,700, 24 grand. Bread is 72 cents, or I'm sorry, $1.72 a loaf. And gas was $1.26. Now, something interesting about gas, gas has gone up and down significantly throughout the decades. It's a very difficult metric to measure because in terms of cost of living because it, it, it doesn't seem to uh, reside in the same recession pattern as everything else. And that's all because of barrel, how much barrels cost for oil and things of that nature. So from 2000 to 2010, 10, 10 years later, the house that cost you 169000 in now costs you 233000 and it's a $64,000 increase. The interesting thing is from 2000 to 2010, car prices did not increase really at all. It's, it's a moot point. An average car, an average new car in 2010 cost you 25000 bucks, whereas in 2000, it was twenty four. Point seven. Now, the, the I think the biggest factor here is that from 2000 to 2010, you really see a lot more manufacturers, vehicle-wise, come in, and that actually lowered the cost. Like the Hyundai's and the Kias and these lower-rent cars, which Americans are buying because of the cost, kind of offset the actual growth of what an average car will cost. Uh, food. So in 19 in 2000 year 2000 you're paying a dollar 72 for a loaf of bread in the year 2010 you're paying about two dollars and fifty cents per loaf gas increased uh, to two dollars and seventy three cents per gallon that's on a national average so we're all used to that now so from 2000 to 2016 that house that cost you two thousand thirty three two hundred and thirty three thousand in 2010 now costs you 307,000. So that's a $74,000 increase from 2010 to 2016. And that's even with the real estate bubble bursting, which is very surprising to me. Your average car cost, so a brand new car, so you're thinking like a Camry, right? Like an average sedan car, I think that's probably what they're going off of. Went from 25,000 in 2010 to 33 and a half thousand dollars in 2016. Your average car is going to be 33,000 dollars. It's insane. The average price for a, a loaf of bread stayed the same at two dollars and fifty cents. Gas is on average is two dollars, two dollars and fourteen cents. So cost of living, cost, cost of living, inflation's inflation. So what does this have to do with reproduction? Well, if anything, it's just proven how expensive things are and, and, the, and we're not actually growing at the right rate to accommodate the inflation. I had mentioned in 1980, daycare was $365.30 per month. Now, this is for toddlers. This is not for infants. Obviously, infants cost a lot more money. Ten years later, in 1990, daycare, $433.33 per month on average. So that's barely, this is uh, not even $100 more a month in 10 years. In the year 2000, $455 per month. That's less than 
uh, that ended up being 20 bucks for in 10 years, $20 per month difference. So from 2000 to 2010, average daycare cost was $615.33 per month per child, obviously. This is one child. If you had multiple kids, you had to multiply that or figure out what kind of discounts the uh, daycare provider would have given you. But here's this, this is a crazy, crazy jump. From 2010 to 2016, this is six years. In 2010, you paid $615.33 for, for one child in daycare. In 2016, that jumped up to $1,468.75 in six years. The cost of daycare, that's, that's not even for an infant, that's for a child on average, one person in daycare from ages probably what, one to five before you start kindergarten? That's a lot of money when you look at the, the the minimum fit. The average salary in 2016 was $23.38. Your two-week paycheck is barely the cost of your daycare per month, which means that you have to live on half your money in order, if, if, you, uh, if you're a single parent, you have to live, you have to find housing, food, car, insurance, utilities, cell phone, all, all that other horse shit that you have to, you have basically you're paying half of half of your monthly income is going directly to daycare, and this is this is this is the biggest factor for why we're not reproducing at the level level we are. Also, the you know the the expense is is getting kind of ridiculous. Now I know that a lot of a lot of states now are mandating a $15 an hour minimum wage, but even at $15, you still can't really afford childcare. And let's not forget that both parents have to work full time. So, you, so not having daycare is out of the question because if one parent quits and doesn't go to work, now you can't afford to live. You can't afford to buy groceries. You can't afford to house and clothe and feed your child or children, depending on how many you have. So the impetus of, of our slowed population growth is directly related to our, the, the amount that things cost to the amount we're actually making because those levels don't equal out. If you want to look up all these numbers, I found this all online and, uh, did the maths. Now, these are all subjective numbers, understand, because they're, they're not an exact science. They don't have an, an exact number. They just, these are all based on data points, basically, and they put it together into averages. These are all averages. They don't represent every single person. Some people are in a lot worse shape and some people are in a lot better shape. But on the average, financially, we're, we're on a severe decline. I don't think... The way the way our country works is it's only going to keep going down, down, down. So I will in, you know, maybe in 2020, maybe in 2025, 2030, we might actually have a one to one ratio where we actually are losing the exact same number of people that we are welcoming into this world at a one to one ratio. I know that in Japan, they actually are at a negative ratio where they're actually reproducing less than people are dying in that country, which is crazy. And then you have to look at the other factor where it seems to be in developed countries where economies are very complicated and very expensive. Tokyo is one of the most expensive places in the world. So you know that has to play a factor in why they're not reproducing.
I'm sure there's other mitigating circumstances, but for the most part, it's financial. On the flip side of things, in quote-unquote undeveloped worlds, undeveloped areas, they're still reproducing at a much higher rate than they're losing. They're still having six, eight, 12 kids. That's a couple. That's normal in undeveloped countries. So it's interesting that the quote-unquote developed world or first world countries, they are really declining their population. And it would appear that that trend's not going to stop. So um, I really hope that I didn't bore you. I found this quite interesting, actually. Um, and just one, one more metric before I get out of here. The, the U.S. total population in 1980 was 26.5 million. In 1990, it was 249 million. In 2000, it was 282. In 2010, it was 309. In, 200, in 2016, it was 323.4. Now, obviously, we're, we're increasing, as the numbers would suggest. But if you look at it, from 80 to 90, we gained 23.1 million people. And I'm sure this also includes immigration. From 1990 to 2000, we gained 32 million people. 32.6, to be exact, million people. Then you see from 2000 to 2010, big decrease. From 32 to 27 million gained from 2010 to 2016 14 million people you can see the decline it's gonna happen so it'll be uh i mean it's interesting to see how things the things play out but all right man uh again this was the weekly reaction i am equi ivy and i'll check you guys later i appreciate you guys listening